fact outlet called Alpha News. I've written a series of articles on ideologies, policies, and practices in schools that allow violence, misconduct, and low performance to go unchecked. For the past six months, we've been examining public education. I've interviewed teachers, parents, and students. I've talked to people who study education in Minnesota. I've looked at curriculum and school websites. I've contacted the Department of Education, the Minnesota School Board Association, and administrators. I'm going to paint a picture of what is going on in our schools and why. Not in my words, but in the words of teachers, students, and parents who are in or around public schools every day. Thousands of Minnesota families are trapped, held hostage by a system that is shaped by misguided and irresponsible policies and practices that are at odds with traditional values. The threat of losing our children is real. Most teachers and parents spoke with us on the promise of anonymity. They fear retaliation. Dissent is not tolerated. Disagreement is voiced only in whispers. Throughout this series, I'm going to show you everything from why kids can't read to why they have to worry about getting stabbed at school. Trapped. Chaos in the Classroom is coming soon. For more information and updates, visit www.mntrapped.com. Again, that's www.mntrapped.com. And welcome back to this live edition of Liz Collin Reports. We apologize for a bit of technical difficulty we experienced a bit earlier. We wanted to go ahead and bring you that preview this morning of an upcoming investigative podcast series that journalist Sheila Qualls has spent months putting together. It is called Trapped, Chaos in the Classroom. It's a look at the decline of education in the state of Minnesota and solutions to get it back on track. Through extensive research and interviews with teachers, students, and parents, You'll hear for yourself the causes of the decline and a focus on what fixes all of this. We do want to answer your questions and read your comments during this live show this morning. So feel free to weigh in on Facebook or go ahead and comment on our YouTube channel. And we will bring you into the conversation here in just a bit. But first, I do want to welcome Sheila Qualls back to the show. I think we can hear her now uh, to get a bit of a preview of, of what to expect in the coming weeks. Sheila, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, first, I want to say that this is, an, this is not an indictment on teachers. Teachers are good people. They want to help kids. Most of them went into the profession because they love kids and they want to see kids grow. But we have a problem in our education system. Our schools and our colleges of education have been hijacked by philosophies and ideologies that most parents wouldn't agree with. While we have violence going up in our schools, we have uh, test scores going down, and we're getting worse and worse results as education gets more and more money. So I think parents need to know what is going on, and this is a way that we um, have decided that we're going to try to help them out. And I know you kind of uh, have listeners... Uh clearly pay attention from from the get-go with just the uh, nation's report card talking about that, you know, painting the picture of how bad is it really in Minnesota. We have a graphic that kind of reflects uh, some of that with the average uh, test score. As you can see, the decline over the last 10 years. We'll leave that up uh, for a bit as, as people take take that in. Uh, you, you know, and we, we've mentioned around here before COVID playing a role in all of this too. Obviously, test scores plummeted uh, during that time as schools were, were closed. But that is kind of the question, you know, how bad is it, Sheila? Yeah, as I said, it is bad. Um, you know, 
scores are going down, um, you know, costs are going up, violence is going up. Another thing that got me interested in doing this was all the talk about COVIDs, all this talk about the COVID slide and how kids are doing, you know, worse after COVID. And I just couldn't understand why a child who was reading at a fifth grade level prior to COVID stayed out of school for a couple of months, went back and was then reading at a second grade level or didn't know anything about American history. So these things were just baffling to me. And I think that we put a lot of the blame on COVID and I really don't think it belongs there because I believe our schools were already in trouble prior to COVID. And Sheila, let's walk listeners through what they can expect. This is a five-part series. Uh, Your first episode, of course, will be debuting very soon. But what can people listen for each week? Well, I'm excited. You know, we are going to take a three-dimensional approach, a three-dimensional look at education in Minnesota. We are going to look at it from the parents' perspectives, from the students' perspectives, and from the teachers' perspectives. And we're going to let people know what is going on, not in my words, but in the words of people who are inside of the system every single day. And then we're going to let people know, how did we get here? How do we end up in this spot? And then what can we do about it? We talk about the violence and the ideologies. And then we really try to give parents hope and um, tips and pointers as to what they can do to help their kids in their schools. And after spending six months digging into all of this, Sheila, I'm curious, uh, what surprised you the most? I've listened to to a couple of these episodes now, and I found uh, several things I was really uh, shocked by. You know, I was surprised almost every day, (laughs) to be honest. There are very many things that surprise me. You know, I think one of the things is the autonomy of schools. Schools appear to be these little islands upon themselves or these little cities, and the rules don't apply to them. No one holds them accountable. And I think that was one of the things that really surprised me and the way that they treat parents and students and they have no recourse. Um, Also, that parents don't know what's going on in our schools. That was really surprising to me. They're reading about what's happening in their child's school on Alpha News. And that was just surprising. Um, and I think that our schools are not what they used to be. They are not what we thought they were. And I think parents need to understand that. And I know you will share some advice for parents coming up a little bit later in this podcast, but I wanted to get into your personal story a bit here, Sheila, uh, because I think it, it's very inspiring to, to many of us parents, but you homeschooled your children, of course, not an option uh, for a lot of folks, but talk about your reasons for, for doing so and just how that, how that process uh, went. I know you have five uh, beautiful, wonderful kids that we're uh, showing some pictures of right now, so feel free to, free to brag. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you. You know, homeschooling, um, we moved a lot. Uh, Kendall was in corporate America, and I believe we moved something like seven times in like 20 years. So in order to keep our kids, keep some continuity in their education, we decided that we were going to homeschool. That would be the best way to make sure that they understood concepts and got the things that they needed to get. And, you know, I think it was one of the best decisions that we have ever made. Um, our children are, um, they're close to each other. They're actually each other's best friends. Um, we get along as a family and I just, I really just believe that it was, it was truly one of the most important decisions that we made. And I know that a lot of parents say that, you know what? Oh, I can't homeschool. I could never do that. You know, everyone who has ever homeschooled says that I could never do that. (laughs) But, and trust me, if I could do it, you can do it. 
No, it is it is remarkable. And and what do you say to the to those parents who say though, you know, maybe I'm just not cut out uh, to to homeschool. What the heck do I do? Or you know, I I have to pay pay the bills at home. But yeah, you know, what is, what is your advice? Well, first of all, I think as parents we sell ourselves short. You know, so many times we think, oh, I could never do that. I actually talked to a family whose daughter could not read. She was in a public school, had been in a public school for years and could not read. And when I asked the parents, have you ever thought about teaching her yourselves? And they said, oh, we could never do that. We're not teachers. You know, we sell ourselves short. When your child goes to school, think about what they already know. They already know their name, probably how to spell it, their address, their phone number. There are so many things, that their colors, their letters, their numbers, so many things that they already know. And they learn these things from you. And then we turn them over to a public education system that does not have their best interest at heart. You know, we have a comment here on our Facebook page, and we encourage uh, people to go ahead and, and ask questions and, and leave comments on our live broadcast on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, but someone's thanking, thanking you for doing this. It says, uh, you are correct that many parents don't think there is anything that can be done as far as holding school boards accountable, but there is. And first and foremost comes the commitment to attend school board meetings routinely. And I know that that's uh, some of your advice as well, just, just to parents to simply get involved. Absolutely. You know, parents are the only ones who are going to be to change this. No one else can change it because the parents decide that my child is going to sit in this classroom every single day. So if the parent says, you know what, I'm going to homeschool or I'm going to do a charter school or I'm going to do private school, that changes the whole picture. So absolutely. Um, parents are the ones who can change this. And the way you change it is by getting involved. And this is a question I know you get a lot too, Sheila. Um, what should parents ask to determine, you know, what, what's being taught? I think there's a lot of hesitation. Some people just say, you know, hey, I trust, trust the teachers or, or the schools. And, you know, as you said, they're, they're then surprised to, to hear about something that, that Alpha News reports. But, um, you know, is, is this my business? They may feel uh, uncomfortable. But what, but what do you tell parents in, in that instance? Well, you know what? They are your children, so it is your business. So I wouldn't be shy about asking. And to be honest, a lot of teachers want you to ask. They want to talk to you about what's going on in the classroom. You know, they don't, they're, as I said, many of them are really good people and they're trying to do what they feel is best for kids. So I would say, know your teacher, uh, know what they're teaching. You know, have a conversation with them. Um, ask them, um, do you teach the science of reading or do you do whole language? And if your teacher says, uh, what's the science of reading? Then you know that your child is probably not being taught to read in a way that we already know works. So that's the main thing. Get involved. We also know that private school isn't an option, you know, of course, for many people. Sometimes we've seen private schools aren't just a, a fix for all of this either. Plenty of them ha have issues as, as well that you discovered. Yes, absolutely. That was on the list of shocking things. That was one of the shocking things is that a lot of private schools, you know, even parochial schools are doing things that parents would not approve of. And in those schools, parents absolutely can say, I'm going to pull my kid out. I'm going to take my money away. And so those parents, I think, even have more control than children who are in public schools. But yeah, private schools, before you put your child in a private school and think everything is okay, you really need to look at the curriculum, look at the teachers, look at the philosophies, the ideologies, before you just send your kid off and think it's okay. 
You know, Cassie here on our Facebook page, Sheila, brings up a good point. She says that teachers need to know that they don't have to be in the teachers' union. And I know you reached out uh, to the, the teachers' union, who basically has most of the power in the state. I don't think that's much of a, much of a secret. And, and it sounded like they didn't want to take part um, in, in this podcast. <laughs> no, the teachers' union did not want to talk to me, which is fine. You know, I have found out all I need to know from teachers and teachers, you're right. Teachers don't have to be in the teachers union. I spoke to many teachers who are not in the teachers union. Um, sometimes it's sort of a sticky um, subject when you're trying to get out of the union, but you are not obligated as a teacher to belong to the union. And I think that's another way that we can have a huge impact because teachers unions get their money from teachers. And if teachers decide they're not going to be in the union, then they lose those dues. You know, I was really struck by some of some of the things you found when it came um, to, to violence. How how little um, that is reported in some schools. I know you also spoke to a longtime school resource officer, and interestingly enough, you're working on this podcast as you have a, a student stabbed and killed um, at a high school in in St. Paul. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest tragedies in all of this is that the violence is escalating in our schools and most parents don't know because schools don't want that information out. So they don't report it because if they report something uh, to the police, then it, there's a record of it. So instead they keep it inside and then that way they don't have to report it and no one knows what's going on in our schools. Lots of times kids go home from school and they tell their parents they were insulted and then the parent calls the police. And you had um, many parents who've moved uh, their, their kids as a result of, of some of this violence that you spoke, spoke to. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's another thing, too. With Minnesota, when we have open enrollment, that is a beautiful thing. And I think more people should realize that and take advantage of it. You know, if you don't like the school district that your child is in, find another one. We have one um, listener here wanting to know uh, what what the solutions are. We have talked about you know getting to to know the curriculum, being being involved in in schools. What are what are what is some of your other advice, Sheila? You know, I think those are probably the biggest two. Honestly, really getting involved, talking to teachers, find out what the discipline policies are in classrooms. You know, how does a teacher control her classroom or his classroom? Find these things out. Um, I think parents don't realize how much power they hold. And the solution really does lie there. Let's talk just ge geographically as we uh, come to a close here, but just to remind people um, that if you do have a, a question or a comment, we're happy to read those um, as part of the, this conversation here this morning on Facebook or on or on YouTube. But I, I wanted to make another note of, you know, a lot of people will say, okay, this is just a St. Paul schools problem, Minneapolis uh, school problem. But you really uh, talk to, to parents, to teachers, uh, to students across the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. This is not a problem that is unique to the metro. It's not unique to St. Paul. It's not unique to Minneapolis. I talked to people in towns as little as 2,000 people, and I would have thought I was talking to teachers and parents from inner city Minneapolis. It is happening all over the place, and that's what we need to realize this is not a problem that is unique to either poor neighborhoods or inner cities. It is happening all over. And many of these people don't want to come forward. You know, I, I spoke to many, many more people that are actually in the podcast because they're afraid to come forward. 
but they're willing to talk about it behind closed doors. And I guess it can't be ignored that, uh, you know, the, the morning we're having this, this conversation at the Center of the American Experiment, and we have a, a story on Alpha News as well, just talking about how um, the, these Pelsby standards have now been uh, adopted, changing, you know, kind of the licensure rules for, for teachers in, in Minnesota. But it seems like through your research over these last six months, that this is, in fact, uh, the problem, um, you know, implementing some of these uh, these changes that many teachers you've found, too, aren't even aren't even comfortable with, but focusing, uh, you know, on some of these racial issues and not imposing consequences when it comes to, to student behavior, et cetera. Yeah, you know, a lot of teachers... Some of them, I guess, aren't even aware that this is happening, you know, that they are going to be um, there's going to be a new way that they're going to have to be able to keep their licenses. And I think that, you know, that just does a disservice to our teachers because it literally makes them a lot of them agree to something that that they don't agree with. Their morals are against it. Their values are against it. A lot of times their religion is against it. So I think that this is actually doing more harm to our teachers and to our schools than it is good. And on that note, just of, of no consequences, that was something you found through your conversations as well, right? I mean, some, some students are just roaming the hallway. Uh, they're not actually going to class. Um, they're, they're not sent home. Or I mean, people aren't expelled. And some of these, you know, racial issues, you, you get, you kind of trace the roots of all of this, um, that, that so much w- was put on race. So they're keeping, they're keeping kids, uh, in, in the classroom as, as a result of that. And I, I think these are, you know, topics that are, are taboo, uh, you know, for many media to, to really d- discuss. But I, I applaud you for, for bringing this t- to light and getting people to, to speak on that issue. Yeah. You know, um, the people who are in charge, I say in charge, it is more important to them to uphold and advance their social justice agenda than it is for them to keep our kids safe. And I think that's really sad. I also want to share a programming note that you'll be on with John Justice tomorrow morning at 830 on Twin Cities News Talk, uh, talking about a, a bit more of this, I understand. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to go on the show and, you know, again, share with people what I have found, encourage them to watch the podcast and then take that information and apply it and do make changes for their kids. Well, we very much are looking forward to the podcast, which we will keep you posted here on Alpha News. It will be released in the in the days ahead. But Sheila Qualls, thank you so much uh, for joining me. More importantly, thank you for your work uh, on all of this. I think uh, it's really a wake up call for, for many of us. Thank you. Thank you, Sheila. And you will find a link to Trapped Chaos in the Classroom on alphanews.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. And that will do it this morning for this episode of Liz Collin Reports. We will see you next time.